Hello, everybody out there in the galaxy. Good to be with you today. I'm AJ. I'm Frank. And we have a special episode for you guys here today. Uh, the finale of Mandalorian drops. We just had to get this in. Uh, Frank, uh, the penultimate episode. Yeah. Um, what'd you think, man? Woo, doggy. Uh, this this was a good one. Uh, chapter 23, The Spies. Um, yeah. Uh, this... <sighs> the beginning, man. <laughs> yeah, the beginning... <laughs> It's like, it, I, I know I feel like it was it last week where we're like, oh, everything's culminating. It's like, well, like, it's all like now we're culminating further, <laughs> you know? It's yeah. Like, it's, this is the, the exposition that we've been waiting for. Totally. And it's also, you know, I think a lot of the backlash that I've seen online about season three of Mandalorian is the interconnectedness of it all, that this really feels like for the first time where if you are not the casual fan there is a significant amount of legwork you need to do <laughs> to right. really get on the same page for what all the payoffs are happening, mm -hmm. you know? And it's, it's, it's a blessing and a curse because if you go a little bit deeper and you know about the Shadow Council and, and what this is insinuating and a couple of the people in the room, you're kind of, they're really building to things that I think OG fans and book fans are going to be freaking out over, really. Right, but also like they're 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 tying it together to the sequel trilogy too. So like even fans that you know really only hopped on with the Force Awakens are gonna get some payoffs here. That yeah, you know like uh, for better or for worse, like they are trying to connect the dots. Like Lucasfilm is trying to make sure that they can do right by by this this story and and you know salvage what they can. <laughs> from the sequel movies um but they're also yeah like you said teeing up stuff for the mandalorian movie that's going to happen that with with ahsoka and the other spinoff shows and the return of thrawn like that from like yeah the heir, the heir to the empire stuff is is huge here and you know to me like i guess my thinking of it and kind of thinking about it in terms of where we're coming at it is that like I think the Iron Man 2-ness of this year of Mando is very showing. Like, it's very hard to have him be the focal point and the center of the show when there are, like, two really significant side characters that have, I would say, maybe more or less A-plots, yeah. <laughs> you know, in this show than Din Djarin. Um, so he's going to get lost, you know, Iron Man is going to get lost in the shuffle. There's other things happening around him that make it interesting and fun to watch. You know, but I do think that there's, you know, a B or a C plot of Din Djarin dealing with some kind of something, you know, in the way that you're dealing with, you know, uh, Tony Stark and Iron Man to, you know, dealing with kind of his hinting at the alcoholism, hinting at the partying, hinting at the at the kind of the um, the naivete he has in that movie. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that would have gone a long way here. Having said all of that, having said all of that, this opening scene, like we were so me and you have been so ready for exactly what they talked about here. Yeah, that it it it, it first of all, it, it made me believe in how badass Moff Gideon is. Right. Well, I mean, we've we've seen how badass he's been all along, but like now, like in the greater context, right? 
Like we'd never really seen him interacting with other Imperials. He's always been sort of like the head honcho of his own little thing and like being a badass on on Navarro or a badass on Tatooine or, you know, wherever he's he's been a threat for the, the Mandalorian before. Sure. But now it's like, look, like you guys, you the Shadow Council, who all have your own like Imperial remnants that you're leading. And their own things. Their own things going on. <laughs> their own th- they, everybody's got their own set of skills to bring to the table yeah. or or uh or technologies. And um he's he's making a uh a a case for himself to be, you know, a leader there instead of just like waiting around for Thrawn to come back. Which But like, it's also so genius because like you start out with a character who on paper in Mandalorian season one is so simple, right? It's it's right. not it's not it's not rich with complexity and depth to the point where you're getting to it now and like shit, like th- this is some deep shit, you know. Whereas you have a character who's who's you know come back from you know uh, almost being captured. I think that they the way that they set his his rise back up throughout the season was very interesting and fun to watch along. And you really do build up him as a significant threat at the end of this episode. You're you start oh, sure. you start it here where you're like, okay, like we we may have misjudged how badass Moff Gideon is, and that's on us because we had not yet seen the Shadow Council realized. Right. Well, and and I think the other thing is like if if we had Giancarlo Esposito in every episode, totally of the season, totally, or, or even every episode of the show. It would certainly lessen the threat, and and I think having him they in the use shadows, him so judiciously, yeah, and just so sparingly to to make it, and and when he's there, it's not just like mustache twirliness. It's oh, like, he's humongous. Uh, yeah, when when he comes down at the end of the episode, he could be ten feet tall. <laughs> like like he's he chews the scenery so well. He has got such a great grasp on this character and the way that he with the way that he speaks. Like yeah. if you look at if you go back and you watch um, Breaking Bad clips, which have been coming up a lot for me in the last couple of weeks, uh, oh my god! Like the way that he's taken this character and big, big fleshed out idea here, and we'll talk about that when we get to that scene. But yeah, man, I for me, my, the big takeaway for the Shadow Council was like, holy shit, we have not they they are totally working on bad guy plots. It is. Yes. It is not just a good guy show. Yep. And they have. He's the. Even if it's just the sprinklings, which we know it's not, but like the, the 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 dialogue is great. The yeah, the dialogue is great. <clears throat> We're talking about. So they have Hux. Right. Fa- Brendel Hux. Hux. Brendel Hux. The Hux. The Hux father. Right. Um. Who's played by. Another Gleason. Yeah, it's his uh, brother. His brother, which is brilliant because they have the same vocal cadence and everything. It's great. Um, and so he he refers to him being like into cloning, which we know in like the lightest plot possible in the sequel trilogy that the stormtroopers are kind of clones, um, which makes like no sense compared to all the other cloning stuff that they've done. Um, then the other guy that has like the, the fleet and the TIE fighters and the Praetorian guards. And so, and it, it's like, it sets it up perfectly for like, okay, he's talking about this stuff. Of course they're going to come back later in the episode, right? Like this, yep. 
this like seed um and, and all and like his idea of i want to take the best of what we have you know yeah <laughs> yeah the, the beskar cloning like force sensitive like and just make the best army is like very scary yeah listen and and part of that is in being um strategic in the way that they kind of plant all these seeds i don't think that this show ever does it's it's never going to be explicit enough for the average fan you really do have to maybe watch them a couple of times you have to look online like it, the, I would say that more so than a lot of the other Star Wars content, like you really, there's a sig- significant homework. <laughs> like, well, and, and you can't, is, and you like, can't go like when you go back and you look, and or even if you stop and rewind and rewatch Moff Gideon entering into the Shadow Council, what's behind him if not his own clones? Right. Right. So if he has his own clones and he's playing to the council, like I, no, 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 I'm not into cloning. That's your deal, Mister Friendy. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, like that's even more badass. Right. And um, like. Oh, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. It's okay. Um, yeah. Anyway, the- and, oh, we get the con- confirmation that Elliot Kane is working for him. Like mm-hmm. we we suspected as much. But so she like goes directly to him and, uh, you know, like another shot of Coruscant, which is like this is like the world building that we want we wanted like them to go to different places i i've got to imagine that when he takes this call in the beginning he's on mandalore right like that's his base of for operations. sure he's definitely he's definitely got to be based on mandalore <laughs> that, that makes the most sense right. um so yeah it's it's all uh it's all very intriguing um so we so we land you know once once you get through the cold open um you know, we were back and we're going now to leave for Mandalore um, to begin the process of this. Uh, you know, the also the title of this episode is called Spies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously we have one very clearly, you know, shown spy in Elliot Kane. I think the main talk on the Internet right now, which we're going to be right in the middle of, <laughs> is uh, who are the other spies um, right. if were there going to be multiple spies. We land on Mandalore and we have our drop team, which is, you know, very reminiscent of Return of the Jedi or whatever. Uh, and we're on the planet and we're walking around. We come across these dudes on like a uh, a sail speeder. <laughs> Well, before we get there, we had to go to Navarro and to get. Oh, yeah. Well, this is like. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 adorable yes. and hilarious. Yeah, it's, and it's very much geared we, we, at our lives. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> it, we were cackling on the couch. So IG-11 rebuilt as IG-12, which is now a pilotable exoskeleton yeah. for Grogu. Uh I don't know. Could anyone have seen this coming? Like, I mean, I guess like with the the little uh, little droid tech guys, they're like, I don't know. Just like, <laughs> I, no, I didn't see it coming. I think an easy way for it to have been foretold to us was to have seen the toy of this first. Ooh. This seems to be, and and I know that I'm like I ha- I'm staring at my collection right now, but like this seems to me to be part fan service, but also part marketing. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like this is a great toy. 
there will be toys of this, I am sure. I oh, will yeah. own probably one or two of them. Um, <laughs> you know, but these are these are the kind of moves that make Star Wars a great thing for kids. You know, like yeah. part of the magic of the way that Star Wars was integrated into our lives was through the toys. Absolutely. And I, and I I don't take that away from it. You know, but it all it also can be very <laughs> apparent. You know, yeah. when it is, oh, this is, I, I see. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I see here. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's just funny, though, because, like, I feel like when they name droids, like, yeah, you yeah. know, R2-D2 and R- R4 and stuff, I feel like they're when they come off the, the the you know, the factory line, it's like, you're IG-11, you're IG-12. So there's probably an IG-12 out there that's like, what the fuck? <laughs> totally. You know, like, who, do they go to some registry in the galaxy of droid names? I, I like, don't know. I don't know. I call them, like, IG-11G or something. Like, I bet you, well, that, I bet you that's why they have the chain codes. That's the whole thing. Uh, All right, yes. Love, so, yeah. You love Grogu the scene in, in the Deliciously mech. adorable. Yes. <laughs> And they have Taika's, you know, voice saved so he doesn't have to do the actual acting. Yes. No. Yes, He's a yes, sample. Yes. Yeah. Um, so good. Um, but, yeah, so we get to Mandalore with, with uh, you know, a fleet. Um, and I, to, to me, this was, like, so Battlestar Galactica, like, seeing Katie Sackoff flying down into the the storms of Mandalore with the fleet yeah, above yeah, yeah. and everything. I'm like, Oh my God. Um, so yeah, yeah. We, we meet up with this other, uh, clan sect, whatever that are loyal to her. We have another, <laughs> another breaking bad cameo yeah. guy. Uh, but yeah, so, um, so th- I was worried when, once like they had to send people back up, I'm like, are, is fucking, are they going to be ambushed already? They're going to get up to space and the fleet is like destroyed. Um, mm. Thankfully that didn't happen, but they no, are not our, safe. Listen, our space Jews are in a lot of peril. Um, it's very hard to be spa- the space Jews <laughs> and you can see that. And I think that they're doing a good job of, you know, it's so interesting to me to think about the place of the Mandalorian, seemingly the place of the Mandalorians in the shows. And then like in the, the day trade of the galaxy or whatever. It's interesting to me that they don't show up later on in the other movies. So that makes me very fearful for our Mandalorians, you know? And I, I, I don't know, man. Like I get, I get afraid and now sentimental when we put all the Mandalorians in one place. (laughs) I don't really love that. Right. (laughs) You know? Right. It's like, we've been, we've been so worried about like, Oh, we got to get everybody back together. But then literally this exactly what happens in this episode. Like Moff Gideon takes that as an opportunity and it's like, you're all in one spot. I'm going to kill you now. It's like, fuck, um, fuck, fuck. And I don't know. To me, the guys in the speeder seemed very suspicious to me. Hmm. If they've been on the planet for so long, how would they not know about this huge Imperial base Hmm. that's right next to the big forge that they love? That, to me, seemed kind of suspicious. Interesting, interesting. Um, The other theory that I have been seeing is, is that the armorer could potentially be a spy. Well, they laid some major groundwork for that in this episode. Twisty twisties. Um, so can you explain? Can you explain Death Watch in two sentences? Yeah. Um, 
So in the height of Mandalore, Death Watch was its own clan that lived on the moon Concordia above Mandalore and were uh, loyal to the old ways. Death Watch was le- uh, led by Pre Vizsla. Uh, Maul killed him and by, and had the rightful ownership of the Darksaber. Death Watch disbanded and became the children of the Watch when the Purge happened. We get Din Djarin coming in as a foundling. Correct. Okay. Hmm. So... And, and, and Bo-Katan was originally a member of, of the Death Watch, but she broke off when Maul took over. Right, that, make, that makes sense. So, so there's all these, like, connections. Um, and, yeah, we don't... The armor is a new character for this show, so it's not like, oh, we know her from before. Um, but, you know, the, the great thing is that we don't really know who she is. Mm. You know, like, not that there are many characters that it's like, oh, my God, it's so-and-so. Like, she could, like, take off her helmet and be like, da-da-da. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, um, you know who I am. Um, or, you know, just be somebody that's, like, d- you know, been loyal to the Empire. Because in the, more in the Rebels era, there there were people that were... Um, uh, Mandalorians that were loyal to the Empire that get, that came down from that Death Watch uh, loyalty, I guess you could say. So it, there there are threads that could mean it would be possible. It's just like such a long game, right? You know? Like so, you know, uh, th- um, okay. I want to say I would be very disappointed and sad, bad guy. Yeah. Uh, but I also think at this point, um have been following her for so long uh that you know we'll definitely get some kind of you know exposition about what she's going on with soon i can only imagine especially with the jump cut in the previous ep- in the this episode we're talking about now um mm-hmm. yeah i want them to explain that shit uh but yeah we'll see you know to me it, i think i think it could be the guys on the planet it could be her um and now let's get to you know the main shit of this episode uh, we have Star Wars Batman and the passing of Paz Vizsla in an epic, beautiful, wonderful Mandalorian death. Oh. And uh, yeah, I uh, listen, uh, like I said earlier, Giancarlo Esposito, Asmoff Gideon could have been 10 feet tall in that scene when he comes down and has Mando trapped. It's he's humongous, larger than life. His plan yeah. is uh, huge, um, but it also I think raises a lot of interesting questions. A lot of interesting questions is is Moff Gideon at one point a Mandalorian? Uh, is he only appropriating the Mandalorian stuff for his own benefit? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess last but not least, uh, who are these troopers? <laughs> right? Who? Yeah. Who's in there uh, in the armor? Like, are they former other Moff Gideons? Are they <laughs> clones of himself, or, or are they like? former Mandalorians, like we were saying before, that uh, have always stayed loyal to the Empire. Right. Um, that he, you know, he pulled them in. Or are they just stormtroopers that he's like, yeah, you're good. Put on this armor. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it, it is very gray. Um, yeah, I mean, so, like, 
it's so interesting. Like I, I do feel like they, they finally like spun it. So it's like, okay, yeah. Everyone's been wondering who's the Mandalorian. It's still, it's still Din. Like he's the one that gets captured. That's important here. Uh, we're going to have a lot of like plot development with him next week or tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> sure. Um, but, but there are main characters in, in, uh, Bo-Katan and, and Grogu are going to have to team up and, and try to save the day. Um, Paz Vizsla, yeah, like, I, to me, this is the thing, like, <laughs> whenever someone makes a, like, heroic sacrifice, I'm always like, are you sure? Like, did this actually help? And they just spent, like, all this time, like, <laughs> showing how he's a dad. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> You've got a son. Go back and you know, but he's badass and he's gotta gotta fight and protect. I guess he's in his mind. He's like, I gotta protect my son. This is what I need to do. It's it's also at, at you know he's been very loyal to the armor, mm-hmm. you know. So it, I would be curious to know, you know, kind of um, is she the uh, mom? Is she the mom? <laughs> but also, is he? Uh, is his place within the tribe something different than we know about? Like, is he like kind of a protector almost of something or is he a higher rank? You know, we, I, we don't really know that. So it's, it could be assumed because if he is indeed related to pre Vizsla, then he could be theoretically have a higher rank to the armor than someone like Din was. Even though Din right. is, you know, at that time wielding the, when he was wielding the dark saber, it didn't change like how they spoke to him. Like it didn't feel like different or separate, right? It just felt like okay, you have the dark saber now. Everybody, you, everybody gets it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. And and I do think that yeah, if he's loyal to the armor, he's gonna be like, okay, I've gotta lay down my life so I so they can get back to her and warn her. Totally, she's our leader, kind of thing. But like not. I don't know. Okay, so this Imperial base on Mandalore. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it felt like a trap, right? Like this is it's a hundred it's a hundred percent a trap. He they there's different kinds of betrayal. You know, there's very obvious mustache twirly betrayal. There's also, you know, your uh misdeeds and your actions and your mistakes can be betrayal. And and Right. I'm curious to see how it all plans out. I've heard a lot of stuff on the internet that this is going to be one, it's going to be like 45 minutes, and that two, it's going to be quite divisive. Filoni has said, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if this was an even bigger cliffhanger than, um, uh, like a death, uh, or a or a like something like that yeah. that they would pick up on at the beginning of Ahsoka. I do think that there will be a harder um, drive to get people to tune into Ahsoka who were just Mandalorian people. Right. So I could see them definitely setting up some kind of big tie-in to make it uh, a big pop or, when or, it comes. Or a post-credit scene. Yeah, that exactly. That ties in. Like, like, like something, you know, we're, I think we're going to get a Thrawn shot, but I don't know if we're going to get him in that episode. I could definitely see as a post-credit, but... What do you think about that? Do you think that this is going to be a fulfilling end to a season? I'm going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, uh, listen, season two had the most fulfilling end that could have been the uh, yeah. end of the show, uh-huh. you know, and, and we could have just like went off into the sunset. Like they, they decided, OK, we're expanding. 
this show is our like you said our iron man we're we're we need we got to go off and 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 do our captain americas and our thors and everything before we get back exactly. to the avengers exactly and so so yeah it, there there's a yeah a thanos smiling at the end of this or whatever um they have to i i i think ahsoka is is a big character that people want to see more of. And especially, I mean, like, if you think about it, she's been on both shows. So, like... I'll give you this. I think that the Star Wars community is at a fever pitch for Ahsoka. I think the latest trailer is showing fans everything that they expected to see. Everything. Yep. Everything you wanted. It's going to continue on the story of Rebels. We're going to get live-action Thrawn. We are shouting out the the one of the greatest and most significant parts of the Star Wars expanded universe that that still is significant you know like we not I may not be a book reader dude in in that respect and and I do kind of want to read these because I have some time before Dune comes out um but dude like the idea that they're connecting those three ideas like the books your 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 shows the animated shows yeah and the ot the original trilogy stuff it's very cool and they're they're in in doing that they are getting so many so many but i don't think that the general public in the way that they know about baby yoda and the mandalorian yeah knows about ahsoka just yet. right right well and i and i could see the marketing approach for ahsoka being very similar to um, what they did for Andor, mm. which is to really focus it on cast their um, talent and locations. And to me, like it seems like it seems like that's going to be they really the flagship show they all wanted it to be. They had to start with Mandalorian, but this is kind of I would this is very much a Captain America. This is a totally new superhero that is mm-hmm. totally different, has a, a different tone. Yeah different satellite characters and i i do think that they're gonna well, want to run think, with it. like when you say like the the general star wars fan yes there are lots of people that didn't watch i mean maybe they saw the original movies but they're not like diehards and they were like yeah we'll watch the mandalorian why not right and are are still here you know have been watching three seasons maybe they didn't watch book of boba fett but they have met ahsoka and so if they are at least even mildly intrigued by that character they're going to be on maybe they did watch boba fett maybe they did watch andor like so there's lots of different fans out there that i think you're right i my my worry though is that will that payoff be early enough because by the, the looks of the trailer like you said we are definitely getting lots of rebels we're definitely getting lots of heir to the empire but it doesn't feel very Mandalorian. And so No, 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 no. So there would have to be a very specific reveal or tie-in in in this show that that will need to like lead into that. Or or it's actually the inverse and we get to Ahsoka and at the end of Ahsoka there's a payoff. Well, I think well, well, we also know that there are other we need other people. And I think that, you know, we've definitely seen that, you know, Lucasfilm has made the decision. We're not going to be recasting Mm. OT characters. We're just not. We're going to digitally. I think that there's kind of waiting. I I definitely don't think that Indiana Jones happening at this time is on accident. Uh, (laughs) You know, like. Yeah, it's what's really hard, though, is like I 
think, well, there is certain potential for a, a Han Solo return. I just don't know if it's like at this point in the timeline, like to to me, the one that we need is Leia, and Leia is Leia is MIA right now. And, she needs she. I think she probably was going to show up in this episode. Ooh. I think she'll show up tomorrow. Um, because because that, you, like, like she plays a fucking large role. <laughs> yeah, she's the, she's uh, kind of the new de facto leader. So like, right, and that's and the, in all of the episodes so far of this season where it's like, yeah, the new republic kind of sucks. It's kind of like, well, what what did you do, Leia? What happened? Like, why what happened? Wh- right, yeah. And so, um, and then we see, you know, what she becomes in the in the the Force Awakens as, as the leader of this resistance, but. Like what happened in between, and I I don't know I don't know how they're gonna handle that because at least with with Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford they're still around and they can be a part of it in some way to do the the facial capture stuff, but increasingly b- bigger speaking parts in each sequel trilogy <laughs> because they knew that they had to keep her on retainer so that they and she did the shot for shot it, it's episode nine the Leia and Luke tra- training sequence is her daughter hmm. I'm sh- okay. I'm I'm I think, and that looked pretty good. It, lo- so, it I mean, looked if they pretty could, good, man. And that was four years ago. Uh, so, and that was before they did Mark Hamill. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're they, they that they made that decision. All they, they told us that all they need is if they can do it with Mark Hamill at, on set, they can do it with whatever uh, archive footage they have of, of Carrie Fisher plus Billy Lord, whatever. All we need is a scene of her talking. She doesn't Total, need to do, do Also, much. use the technology to your advantage. Their screens are for shit. Put her on a fucking screen. Yeah. You know, like, it. it that to uh, me... She could be a hologram. She could be totally Help us, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're our only hope. Totally be a hologram. Use, use the medium to your benefit in that we're only going to give you credit for making it seem less awkward and weird but you, as the company, have established that our main characters still play a major role. Right. So if you're going to do that, then we on we as the fans are holding you accountable to, first of all, honoring them, but using them judiciously. I definitely think she's going to be like on a screen with the Mon Calamari uh, calling or, or in. Like, or, like, or, or it's like she's there and she's got like baby Ben Solo and she's like, I'm sorry, I... I I've got right, a baby. I got other stuff going on. You know, on. like I've got other stuff going on. Like when does that happen and when does that pull her away? Um Or even just like, you know, like the Skywalkers having, you know, life day dinner, you know, just we'll be we'll be outside. <laughs> we can see them. They're listen, they're busy. We're not gonna bug them. Uh yeah. okay. Um, okay. What do you so I think listen, we've been fans of this show the whole time. I only think it's getting better. I only think it's getting richer. I hear your guys information out there that it's losing its value like that esquire article did you read that one like that was a no, major one this guy went on for two pages uh yeah i i what well, well, well what's the what's the tldr that it's too interconnected that that <sighs> it's that it's people uh that that it's it's lost its ability to be the simplest the simplest version of star wars that people needed in a tv show but do, do, we don't need that though, but because that's the opposite. Like when in season one, and we were like, it has no plot. 
We were complaining about it. You can't right. It's a, it, you you're can't have it both totally ways. Right. You can't have it both ways. You can't tell them that this show is a video game and then be upset when they like tie in universally loved <laughs> IP. <laughs> universally loved. Everybody is cool with Heir to the, Heir to the Empire. Everybody is okay with Filoni correcting the the faults in in the, in our stars. You know. I don't know. You can't. You're right. You can. You can't have it both ways, and that's why we don't have it both ways. We say we're into it and yep. just do it right. And I think you know. I think that they're gonna do it. Also, uh, oh shit. Um, I do. I'm gonna silence that one. Um, but yeah, listen, guys, we kind of have to go. Yeah. Because uh, times of the essence here, Frank. Any final thoughts? No, I'm very excited. I'm I can't wait for tomorrow. Might watch it early. We're gonna try to record early so we can get our hot takes. Yeah. Um so yeah, um if if you are watching along with us, we are the Long Lost Heroes Podcast. Uh feel free to uh subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher at Long Lost Heroes Podcast. You can find us on our website at www.longlostheroes.net and you can email us at info at longlostheroes.net and you can find us on the socials at LLH Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, AJ. Anything? Thank you, Frank. Yeah, and we will catch you later this week. This is the way. This is the way. Mm-hmm.